Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode 63. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here, so thankful, so appreciative, so grateful that you're here. Uh, I do encourage you at some point to go back and listen to some of the very, very, very first episodes just to find out more about me, what my mission is with the Strength of Body and Mind podcast and the brand as a whole and a little bit more about me personally and why I do some of the things that I do. But I'm not going to get into that today. So if you are interested in that, and I think you should be, go back and check that out. Also, if you have gotten value out of any of the podcast episodes to date, any of them, one through 62, I guess, the last one, or I guess zero through 62, uh, do me a favor. If you've gotten value out of at least one of those, please do me a favor go into iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. If you've gotten any value out of any episode ever, if anything has come across and resonated with you a little bit, or if you've resonated with any of the messages through any of the episodes, or if you've learned one thing that has been valuable, valuable, please go ahead and leave me a rating and a review in iTunes. I would appreciate that. That helps me reach more people. That helps me educate more people who really need to hear some of this content and need to be educated on it in order to better their life and improve in ways and areas of their life um, that are currently lacking. So anyway, I appreciate that so much. And again, I'm glad you're here. This episode is all about weightlifting cycles, specifically for beginners. So, you know, when it comes to weightlifting cycles, a lot of times, and the reason I'm even doing this episode is because a lot of times, I will talk to someone for the first time, or it'll be one of the first few times that I'll talk to them and they want to get into weightlifting. They want, or maybe they're somewhat experienced with weightlifting, meaning they've been going to the gym off and on for a couple of years. Um, And I say off and on like part-time, right? Like extremely part-time, but they've been to the gym. They've lifted some weights. They've watched a couple of YouTube videos whatever. They're over that very, very, very beginner hump. They start to ask me about cycles. They start to ask me about bulking and cutting and maintenance and deload cycles and strength cycles and hypertrophy. And they start to throw around a lot of words that they've probably heard in YouTube videos or heard on podcasts or read about in different blogs And while I think that it's great that people are going and seeking information, unfortunately, they don't always have it correct. And that is usually a byproduct of it not being delivered correctly or it being delivered to a certain type of audience that isn't that person. So I don't want to make any assumptions. When I talk to somebody for the first time or almost the first time, and they are a beginner 
when it comes to weightlifting, meaning they really don't have any coached experience and all they have for actual experience is themselves kind of messing around a little bit in the gym, watching some YouTube videos, but other than that, nothing really. I don't consider that person really experienced. They have experience in the gym, but they aren't really experienced weightlifters. There is a difference between those two things. So when people like that ask me about cycles, my response is (laughs) it's always the same. Uh, And that is this. I would never recommend that someone who is new to weightlifting go and start overcomplicating things with cycles. I will never recommend anybody who is new to weightlifting to go in and overcomplicate things by trying to introduce cycling. Okay, cycling is something that is, it's not super advanced, but it is a next level type of strategy. Okay, 99% of the time, there's two things that need to be fixed with someone before they can start introducing cycling. And by the way, cycling isn't going to get someone more results than doing these two things. Number one, this is for the beginner. Okay, these are the first two things that I will always recommend to every beginner ever. Okay, always. So if you're in that boat, listen up because this is going to apply to you. There's two things you need to fix before you start introducing cycling. One of those things is your nutrition. One of those things is your nutrition. Your nutrition needs to be fixed before you even start getting into cycling. Cycling isn't going to do anything for you if your nutrition is not on point. Okay. The most aggressive strength building cycle, the most aggressive like muscle mass building hypertrophy cycle, the most aggressive bulking cycle is not going to do anything for you if you are not dialed in with your nutrition. And that's just the honest truth. Okay. Do not buy a program from somebody on bulking or cutting or strength building or deload or hypertrophy or anything like that. If you do not have your nutrition set up, okay, if your nutrition, your nutrition is not set up appropriately and is not something you're being that you're actually following. Okay. It's one thing to have it set up. It's another thing to have like 12 weeks of experience minimum, um, actually acting on that nutrition plan. Okay. You need to be consistent. The nutrition plan is only as good as the person who's taking action on it. It's only as good as the person who's actually following it and like utilizing the plan for what it's for. Okay. So nutrition has to be dialed in first and foremost, that has to be fixed. Now I always will, will recommend to anybody ever who's doing something like this, who's making that nutrition plan adjustment that that plan is prepared by a coach, that that plan is something that is customized for you, not something that you downloaded from a blog, not something that you paid $5.99 for or $17 for as someone's like meal plan ebook. Okay, that is not the right way to go about it. Your body is your body. Your nutritional needs are your nutritional needs. 
There is no such thing as a one size fits all nutrition plan. Okay. Much like something I'm about to talk about in a few minutes, which is one size fits all training plans. There is nothing that is one size fits all. There is absolutely no such thing. So if you've ever gone on YouTube and looked at or or Instagram or really any social media and looked at the training and nutrition plans of some of the most advanced and reputable and celebrity status, whatever bodybuilders or fitness athletes or fitness models or really anybody that has any notoriety who is in the fitness space. Okay. You can go and you can, most of them are more than happy to share their nutritional plan. Most of them are more than happy to share their training plan. Why do they do that? Because it doesn't actually map to your goals. Most likely if you're a guy right now, you're six foot two, you're 210 pounds. If you go to try and copy let's just say the rock, right? The rocks nutritional plan and the rocks workout plan. It's not going to work for you. It is not optimized for you. It is not optimized for your body. It's not optimized for your nutritional needs and for your body. Okay. Your body type, your weight, your age, your BMI, your training experience, your RMR, your resting metabolic rate. All those things are different for every single person. Some people have similarities. Some people have some crossover, but every single person is different. I mean, do you have someone out there that has the exact same macro profile as you? Yeah, sure. Probably. But for you to just blindly download a a one size fits all meal plan or a one size fits all training plan off on, on the internet is it's wasting money because chances are you could put together something that is identical to it with the little amount of experience that you might have, and it would be the exact same thing or very near to it, like very close to it. Okay. So I'll always recommend that a nutrition plan is prepared for you by a human being. Okay. AKA an actual coach who understands your goals. Okay. Not even necessarily a nutritionist. I have a lot of things to say about nutritionists only because the nutritionists that I've dealt with over the years are not, they don't have the same objective in mind that someone who is an actual fitness coach might have in mind for you. Typically their education from their college is what is driving their actions and it's purely textbook and it really most of the time doesn't seem to be personalized for you in a way that maps to your goals, that actually maps to your goals. All they're doing is following the academic type of, of information that they were taught and that they were tested on, that they were given in college. So not all nutritionists are bad. Not all nutritionists are not going to get you results, but just saying over the past 10 years, the nutritionists that I have dealt with and the nutritionist stories that I have heard uh, are not really positive ones. So anyway, nutrition has to be fixed. Typically the best results are from a human being who has prepared a plan for you. And typically those are not from a registered dietitian. They're usually from a fitness coach. Next thing. Okay. Thing number two that needs fixed is that your training plan has started and that you have actually spent consistent time in the gym, lifting weights 
for at least 12 weeks to a plan again that was prepared for you by a fitness coach of some sort okay so that's those are the two things you need you need to get your nutrition uh like mapped out and put into practice daily in a way that it maps to your goals okay and to have acted upon that for an extended period of time like at least 12 weeks or 90 days and then same goes for nutrition plan you need to, or same goes for a training plan you need to have a training plan that's in place that was customized for you for your goals and then having acted on that and practiced it and executed on it for again at least 12 weeks or 90 days those two things need to happen before you start thinking about cycles so if you haven't nailed those two things down the rest of what i'm about to talk about may not even be applicable to you right now that might be applicable to you in the future which is great but those first two things have to happen first okay they have to happen first and if you haven't implemented either one of those then you're still in my opinion a solid 90 days or 12 weeks out from starting your first cycle okay now not every coach is going to say that not every trainer is going to say that that's what i'm always going to say to a beginner someone that doesn't really have consistent experience in the gym lifting weights um, i just don't think they're ready for a cycle okay an actual cycle now when we talk about cycles we're talking about bursts of time usually in the 12 week range like 12 week intervals so 12 weeks 24 weeks 36 weeks whatever um and the reason we do that is because the body is too adaptatious to do things for much longer than that so i have never personally executed a cycle that lasted more than 24 weeks okay which is six months basically okay um it's not quite but you know it's close enough anyway the reason for that is because the adaptatious nature of the body prevents long-term gains from continuing to happen okay let me explain if you are let's just say um trying to build strength and you're in a strength cycle now strength cycles are very 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 specific I'll talk about those in detail in a minute, but they're very, very specific. And the way that you operate week to week to week is based around your PR, your personal record. And it's um, usually you do percentages of that personal record every single week that are different. And it's just, it's very specific. Every day is different. And when you do that for 12 weeks, you tend to add strength. Like you legitimately add strength. You will improve your squat or you will improve your bench press or whatever. And that does work. But if you do that continuously, what happens is you're, you're, you don't really give yourself a time to recover. So you're continuing to try and get stronger and you'll get really strong at first, right? You'll, you'll actually gain strength in the first big pulse of that, of that cycle. So the first like eight weeks or so, you know, you'll, you'll actually gain strength and noticeably, you'll noticeably gain strength. But as time goes on, you'll notice that you'll plateau out just like everything else. You'll plateau out. That's your body adapting to it, adjusting to it. And it has made the strength that it needed to make. It has improved the strength that needed to improve in order to handle 
the initial load, the initial stress that was imparted upon it. But now that it's used to that, it stops. Now that it's used to that, it slows down and the gains slow down. And that's normal. So what do you do? You can keep trying to press that, right? And fatigue your body even further, stress your body even further, improve, increase your chance of, of injury, or you can cycle out into something else, let your body recover while you do something else, focus on something else, and then come back to strength later. That is the best, most effective, effective way of cycling out for different goals. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's typically how they operate. 12 week windows are the best. Not again, not every trainer, not every coach is going to agree with that, but that's what I've found to be the most effective. Okay. So, uh, let's go into the different cycles. I'm not even going to talk about every single cycle under the sun. I'm just going to talk about cycles that I think are appropriate for people to learn about at an early stage, even if you're not past that initial, I've got my nutrition and I've got my training figured out period. And, and you're not quite ready for a cycle. This is still useful information because it is, this is going to be what's coming up next for you after you have those things kind of nailed down after you're comfortable in the gym, after you've got experience there, after your body is used to lifting weights, after your body is used to operating to a consistent nutrition plan and you're making gains and you're getting all the results then you can start to get into these. So anyway, I'm going to go over a list that I think is going to be important for you to understand at this stage. And then later on, um, on a different podcast, some other time, we'll kind of take it to the next level. And maybe I'll even bring on a guest to talk about next level, higher level um, weightlifting cycles. Okay, so number one, uh, bulking cycles. Everybody seems to know what a bulking cycle is or they've heard of a bulking cycle before, but most of them don't actually know what it is. So the intent of a bulking cycle is actually to put on muscle. Okay. It's not just to put on weight. It's to put on muscle and bulking. I'll explain how it's done in a minute, but throughout a bulking cycle, you will put on fat. You will put on fat. It's going to happen. There's no way around it. It has to happen. But the goal again is to put on muscle and in order to put put on muscle, you're going to have to put on fat as well, but overall you're going to put on size and the real intent of bulking is to put on that size while staying relatively lean. Okay. Back in the day, there used to be this term that was thrown around called a dirty bulk, which is like when bodybuilders and powerlifters used to kind of just eat everything and they would either have an extremely ridiculously high caloric value for the day that they were targeting, or they wouldn't have any target at all. They would just eat and eat and eat and basically eat everything that they could possibly eat in order to put on size. And they would do that. They would train really hard. But what would happen is they would put on a ton of body fat in the process, like a lot, a lot. So over the years, that mentality has gone away and bodybuilders and power, even powerlifters who typically you know, may not necessarily care about their physique as much, but they'll still just from a performance standpoint, they'll operate more in what's called a lean bulk mode. So they will bulk, but they will do it in a controlled way so that they don't put on too much body fat. In fact, they stay lean while they're doing it. You can, they can still see their abs throughout the entire process. They can still see like different striations and things in their shoulders and whatnot as they go through the process. 
because they're still relatively lean. They're still vascular and everything. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to throw some numbers around and, and these are going to vary from person to person to person. But like, you know, I was talking earlier about a 90 day sprint or a 12 week sprint being like the optimal window to execute a cycle. Well, that is also true for bulking. And so in bulking mode, you know, it might be a good result or it might be a good outcome, a successful outcome. If after 90 days, someone is able to put on somewhere between 10 and 15 pounds with two to three of that being muscle. Like that's a really, really, really good successful bulk for a lot of people. Um, if you're very, very, very advanced, right? And you're way further along and you've been bulking and cutting and doing all kinds of other things over the years, then you might be putting on 10 or 15 pounds in a month or in 90 days, excuse me, but you might only put on like 0.7 to 1.1 or 1.2 pounds of muscle in that process, right? You might only be able to put on like one pound of muscle in that 90 days. And that's just because your muscle mass and your muscle density is so large. It's so advanced that you, you won't be able to stress it enough to add more muscle mass in that short period of time because your body is already so strong, but that's a very advanced thing. And that's not really what we're talking about today. What we're really saying is that in order to put on muscle, which is the intent of bulking, you have to put on overall mass and that overall mass is going to include fat. Okay. It's going to happen. But then that leads us into the next cycle, which is also very common, very well known. And that is the cutting cycle. Okay. The cutting cycle is really, it's intended to cut the body fat that you put on during a bulk. Okay. That's really what it's for. Now, a lot of times people will cut at stages other than immediately following a bulk and that's fine. Uh, but the intent of the cutting cycle remains, and that is to over the course of like a 90 day or 180 day window to cut as much body fat as possible while holding on to the muscle that was gained. So if you see the pattern here, bulking is all about putting on muscle mass, but in doing so you're putting on body fat and then cutting is all about cutting body fat and keeping the muscle mass. So you're building it up during a bulking period, and then you're breaking it down during a cutting period. But the only thing that really changes dramatically is the body fat. You put on more body fat during a bulk, and then you cut it all off during a cut. And then hopefully, if you did it right, and you were intentional with all of your actions, and you stuck to your nutrition and everything, and you were lifting heavy, and you were lifting appropriately to the training plan that your coach put together for you, then you put on a good amount of muscle mass during your bulking period and you did not lose it during your cutting period. Okay. So that by the end of that whole thing, at the end of a cut, basically what most people are looking for is they're looking for themselves to be as lean as they can possibly get. And then with bigger muscles because they put muscles on during the bulking period. So that's the point. I mean, a cutting cycle is also really, that's important for people who are like fitness competitors, bodybuilders, um, fitness models, you know, they want to get as, as muscular as possible during bulking season or bulking cycles, and then cut off all the body fat and expose those muscles for whatever it is they're trying to do in their career or whatever. So that's a cutting cycle. Okay. Now this leads me to my third cycle that I think beginners are 
um, should be familiar with, and that is the maintenance cycle. So one thing about this, I always talk about this principle that if you're not growing, you're dying. There is no such thing as maintenance. What I'm really saying when I say that is that your body is always changing. Okay, It's a giant, complex, dynamic organism that's always changing. There is no such thing as you getting to a place where you can just maintain like continuously for an extended period of time. Okay. However, there is a thing called a maintenance cycle. I didn't make that term up, but that is generally accepted as the name. And what the maintenance cycle is for is to try and achieve that anabolic to catabolic ratio to balance them out, to, to kind of find like the middle ground between that dichotomy so that you aren't increasing weight and you aren't decreasing weight. You aren't increasing muscle. You aren't decreasing muscle. You aren't increasing body fat. You're not decreasing body fat. And the best way to do that is to really understand and be in tune with your resting metabolic rate and the macros that cater to that. So a maintenance cycle is really trying to not move in weight at all. But that can only go on for so long, unfortunately. It can only go on for so long because after a while, you'll start lifting differently. And as you lift differently, your body's going to adjust. And, you know, it, it's just not it's just not practical, which is why I always talk about it. It should never be someone's goal to maintain because it's impossible to actually maintain that. <laughs> All right. Uh, try to wrap your head around that a little bit. Maintain is hard to maintain. But the point of a maintenance cycle is really to be a buffer in between other cycles, in between bulking or cutting or hypertrophy or strength cycles. It's something to give yourself a breather. So I, I'm actually, when I go through cycles, I, I use it that way. So I will go through a bulking cycle and then I will buffer with a maintenance cycle. And then a maintenance cycle, you know, what it really is, because during a bulk, you're, you're, you're eating at a, a surplus. You're eating more calories than normal. You're eating higher macros than normal. And then in a, in a cutting cycle, you're eating way less than normal. So you're eating under your resting metabolic rate by 300, 400, 500 calories or whatever. And then a maintenance cycle should be almost spot on with your resting metabolic rate. It should be kind of right there based on what you know about your resting metabolic rate. And a coach will provide, a good coach anyway, will provide a meal plan that matches that that is also macro nutritionally ideal. Okay. But this isn't something that should go on for an extended period of time unless your goal is like cloudy or muddy. You don't fully understand it. You don't necessarily know what you want to do yet. Then a maintenance cycle is something that could be repeated, I guess. But you'll notice that it's going to have to change continuously. It's not like something you can just set and forget. It's not an autopilot cycle. Okay, even the maintenance cycle takes maintenance. Okay, it, it there is no such thing as a passive, like fitness cycle that you can just passively follow blindly forever and get results. Okay, the maintenance cycle, I'll say one more time, has to be thought of as thought of as basically a buffer cycle in between bigger picture cycles that have bigger picture objectives. So um, there's one more I want to talk about for that I think is appropriate for the beginner to fully 
like be aware of and understand at least as much as possible. And that is the strength cycle. So I talked about this a little bit earlier and I just want to go into depth a little bit more. You know, first and foremost, there is never a time in your life where you will say, you know, shit, I, I, I wish I wasn't this strong. You know, I really am like bummed out that I have this much strength. That will never happen. And the reason I'm saying this is because I need people to understand that strength is a good thing. No matter what your goal is, strength is always a good thing to have. Strength is always effective. Strength is always going to make your life easier. Okay, functional strength, if you work a job where you require functional strength, it's going to make your job better, easier. If you're a parent and you're tossing your kids around, you're wrestling with them, you're doing whatever, strength is always going to be better. It's always going to be in your favor. If you are a homeowner and you're doing stuff around your house constantly, landscaping, building additions, building decks, building retaining walls in your backyard, I don't know, doing whatever with your kids in the backyard, strength is always going to help you. Okay, you're replacing that floor, strength is always going to help you. You're moving that appliance, strength is always going to help you. You're ripping out that tree stump, guess what? Strength is going to help you. Strength will always help you. It'll always help you, no matter what your goal is. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. Everybody should have a goal that involves strength. Strength should not be this thing that's only reserved for bodybuilders or only reserved for powerlifters or whatever. Strength is something everybody should aspire to have more of. Okay, so a strength cycle or a strength program is something that I, again, I talked about a little bit earlier, but it's something that's very, very, very specific, extremely specific. A strength building program is usually based off of a baseline set of values that are really identified knowing what your personal records are for certain lifts, okay? Certain uh, like exercises, what you can lift during certain exercises as your personal max or your personal record. And once you understand what your personal record, otherwise known as a PR, is, then you can go in and you can customize a plan or a coach can customize a plan for you that has you doing different exercises during the week that are based off of percentages of your PR. Okay, and they stagger all over the place. Different coaches have different ways of addressing this or different ways of approaching this whole thing. Uh, But in general, I think it's widely accepted that you need to understand the PR of a person and then you need to play around with exercises at various percentages of that PR. Could be 70%, could be 60%, could be 85%, could be 91% of that PR. And when you do that week over week of jumping around and doing things that are kind of like tried, true, proven methods, whatever, what happens is you'll end up putting on strength. So you PR like the first week and then you move around based on your programming that your coach gave you or that you came up with or whatever. And then after a month or two or three, you go back and you revisit your PRs and you find typically in most cases, most situations, you'll find that your PR has now gone up. What you can lift, what you are now capable of lifting is higher. Why does that happen? It's because you stress your body over that period of time by initially hitting it with a PR, but then moving all around in percentages you are causing your muscles in your body 
to have to adapt to those new things over and over and over again. And in the, in the, at the same time, that's still really recovering from that first week of PRs and the combination of all those things causes your muscles just continue to grow. So, you know, you have some hypertrophy happening. So your muscle mass will look and feel and be physically bigger, but also your strength capability will improve because you're constantly hitting it at different values for different rep counts. And you are supplementing it with extremely heavy workouts beyond just those main core exercises that you hit your PRs with. And the combination of doing all those things is something that is going to fuel your body to build more strength, a little bit more muscle mass, but build more strength. Okay. Now, if you are not an athlete per se, if you're just someone who likes to live the active lifestyle, then you might just want to add 10 pounds to your squat or whatever. That's fine. If you are an athlete, then this is going to be a situation that will of course help you. And the reason that it'll help you is everything I mentioned earlier about strength. Okay. All that stuff applies to normal people who like aren't actual athletes. Maybe they play like some beer league softball or something. But if you're an actual athlete, then all of that counts like 10 X. Okay. Because strength is going to actually help you. Not only is it not going to hurt you, it is going to help you. It is going to help you be more successful. It is going to help you potentially win something, win a championship, take home a belt, take home a gold, whatever it is, you know, then this, that'll be something that of course you would go into. But if you're an athlete and you're listening to this, chances are you've already gone through a strength cycle. You already understand it. So, you know, you already know, but if you're new to being an athlete, if you're on the brink of like graduating, you're not sure how to take your strength to the next level and you don't have a strength coach that you're working with at the moment, then just be aware that a strength cycle is something that you probably will be put on. If you're not going to be put on it immediately, it will be coming for you down the road. And for those who are not athletes, who are just regular people, just living a fitness lifestyle, just trying to get stronger, trying to get more fit. A strength cycle is something you should be looking forward to. It should be something that you are working towards because when you get there, when you build that strength, you are also, like I said earlier, increasing your RMR by replacing body fat with muscle mass. And the more you increase your RMR, guess what? The more stuff you can eat that you enjoy that is otherwise something you cannot eat. And at the same time, you are going to continue to make progress. As your RMR increases, you are going to continue to make progress. That's the only time when you start to approach kind of like a an autopilot type of function. I mean, I hesitate to use that word, but that's kind of what happens when you get to an optimized point where you fully have taken control of your body and it's RMR and it's calorie burning and fat burning capabilities. Then you can start to kind of lean on that a little bit and eat some of the things you want to eat, stick to your macros. Your RMR is going to be higher so you can eat more than usual because you're working so hard in the gym and you're building strength and everything. Um, you know, that's kind of when you get to like a, a place that's like a next level, but that is definitely a byproduct of utilizing this strength cycle. Okay. In addition to bulking cycles and cutting cycles, this is something that comes from strength. A lot of this comes from strength is the more muscle mass you have, the stronger you're going to be typically, I guess not always, but typically, and the stronger you are, the more resources your body has to utilize just to stay alive. Therefore, your RMR goes up. 
Therefore, you can eat more. Okay. Now, again, all of this is for nothing and doesn't mean anything to you or your results or anything. If you do not have your nutrition and your training programming already in place, you executing on it, having experience, having that 90 days, having that 12 weeks, whatever under your belt of being able to consistently hit all of that. Once you do all of that, then you can start talking about bulking cycles and cutting cycles and strength building cycles. What's a deload week? When should I do that? You know, what about a maintenance cycle? All those things are next level. For now, if you are, again, if you're just beginning, you have to have your nutrition identified and put it in place and then be following that consistently. And I mean consistently. I don't mean for like four days and then take six days off. I mean actually consistently for like a full 90 days. And you are training in the gym, not just screwing around, exercising here and there. I mean, actually training to an actual training plan at like almost every day or five days a week or whatever your plan calls for, but at a high level. Okay. If you don't have those two things going, then cycles really are not something you would get benefit out of, at least not yet. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode. I hope this was extremely helpful for you. If you are someone who is new to fitness, new to weightlifting, and you did get value out of this, please go ahead and share this on your Instagram stories in Instagram. Tag me at gordon.light. I would love to connect with you. I would love to talk to you about this. And of course, if you got any value out of this whatsoever, please share it with a friend. Maybe you have a friend in your life that needs to hear these words. Maybe you have a friend in your life who is kind of just getting into weightlifting and doesn't really understand cycles, but keeps talking about them or keeps reading about them. Share this with them. Hopefully, we can break through. They can become a little bit more educated and understand it. And that'll hopefully demystify some of the stuff about it. And um, again, if you did get value out of anything to date, anything at all, please go over to iTunes, leave me a rating and a review. I would really appreciate that. I know it sounds like I'm asking for a lot. I'm asking you to post on Instagram and your stories and tag me. I'm asking you to share this with a friend who's like-minded. I'm asking you to go over to iTunes, leave me a rating and review. Look, all those things, any and all of those things are free. They take very little time. They're extremely helpful for me. They help me understand what content is valuable, what content is not valuable, and what I can provide for you to have a better experience. So that's the goal. That's what I want to do. That's what I I thrive on. And that's what I, I really, really, really want to be able to provide more of. So uh, please do that. And it would mean the world to me. And speaking of meaning the world to me, I'm going to wrap this episode up here. You mean the world to me. Your attention means the world to me. And I'm so thankful that you took the time to listen to the podcast. Don't forget, as always, train with purpose. I love you guys. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care.